Hey folks and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Bikes Apart podcast. This is the show where we talk about everything mountain biking from equipment to trail guides and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray as always I'm joined by Tom Bell. How you doing Tom? Hi Colin yeah good to speak to you. Good good. So if you've been listening in on season three you know that we're going through the winter season just really keeping um, in touch I suppose just catching up every now and again on what we've been up to uh, around training through the winter planning for the sort of the warmer season um, going through some some of the stuff around your uh, your uh, mountain biking career as well Tommy try to keep people up to date on uh, how a professional mountain biker goes about their winter season coming into the summer Um and uh, also just any kit we've been playing around and stuff like that. So uh, that's what we're going to go through. A few more of those types of updates over the next few episodes. This is no different. Uh, so really, first things first, Tom, what have you been up to? <laughs> what's yeah. uh, what's the last uh, few weeks? I think the last time we talked was uh, probably, was it before Christmas? It was, wasn't it? I think it probably was. Yeah, yeah I think it. I think it was. Uh, I think it's been a fair while. Actually, so a good few weeks back. So, what you what you been up to since Christmas? Then, what did your January look like? Yeah. So, uh, as we sort of spoke about a little bit before we came on air, um, just struggling a little bit with motivation at times. Just yeah. through, um, I, I think that's something that quite a few people can obviously um, can probably identify with and uh, empathise with. Yeah. Don't have the greatest weather in the UK at this time. Um, I definitely prefer if it was sometimes a complete whiteout with snow and you could sort of go cross country skiing and all that kind of stuff. Whereas in the in the UK we tend to get it right in right in the middle where it's it's not it's not sort of full full on winter, but it's not it's not uh, warm enough to be comfortable and you have to get a lot of rain, wind, that deadly combination. So um sometimes it was a little bit of a struggle and then I've also spent some time sort of sorting sponsors out and having my head yeah. in a few different things other than training, which uh, sometimes makes it a bit difficult to uh, to go out and kind of do your best out there on the trails and roads. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah motivation was a, a little bit of a problem. But yeah. uh, other than that... Um, well, that makes me that right. makes me feel a little bit better that uh, even though it's your, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just an amateur. You're a, you're meant to be a professional at this, Tom. Even know, the pros still uh, struggle at this a little bit. Like, what do you, what, I mean, there's obviously the weather obviously plays a big part. Like, mm. It's so much better getting out there in the sun and the uh, the warmth. But um, what do you, is there any kind of uh, anything that any patterns around your motivation your ups and downs like what what makes you more enthusiastic about it even if it's bad weather what gets you out there yeah i mean thinking about it i'm not sure the weather was the kind of main um main reason the motivation waned a little bit i think it's more what i alluded to um before in terms of having your head in other in other things and just um maybe working on on different parts that aren't directly related to to training and racing and when it's the off season um there's you know the, the media is quite quiet about the sport you maybe not sort of you're not used to um or you're not racing sort of every other weekend you don't feel like you're um right in the middle right in the thick of the sport so sometimes it feels sometimes like you're going out there for uh for not not much reason at all kind of thing Mm-hmm. Um, but now once the, once the kind of media get, gets sort of hyping the season up and, uh, there's more, more stuff going around, more excitement about the sport. I think that's, that's where the kind of motivation comes back. And 
definitely before in the winter i haven't really struggled with with the weather it's um yeah. it's not nice don't get me wrong but yeah, yeah. you just got to kind of suit up with the right equipment okay. and get out there yeah. sometimes yeah the clothes makes massive difference doesn't it mm. if you get a decent pair of gloves uh, that gives you better tights and stuff exactly like that. yeah <laughs> but um but that's interesting so it's like it's partly external motivation it's partly knowing that the world cares about it <laughs> not just it is yourself. it definitely <laughs> is yeah getting a bit of feedback from the world and that kind of thing yeah, and yeah. um I mean, I, I started a YouTube channel about a year ago and kind of took it more seriously in the last six months. So kind of getting that feedback and having another kind of little reason to get out there and have stuff to produce video content around and just keep in touch with people has, uh, has helped, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That is, I didn't know you were doing a YouTube channel, actually. What's the, for everybody out there, what's the uh, the username for it? What's the address? It's, um, I, think, I think the URL is... The YouTube URLs are a little bit funny. They have about right. three or four for every account, as you might know. But you can I use a, yeah, you can usually get a name if you're. But if you haven't said it, we can put it in the show notes if you don't know offhand. Yeah, it's um, well, I think it's it's youtube.com slash c slash Tom Bell Athlete. Yeah, perfect. It's right. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, I'll be able to find that. We can link to it as well in the show notes. Exactly. Cool. Show notes, by the way, for everybody out there, mountainbikesapart.com forward slash three zero four. So yeah, pop over there. We can link off to it. But I'm going to go and have a look at that actually because I've not. Uh, yeah. I've not seen you riding oh cool yeah so it's got some um some kind of training tips training theory uh, as well as some some vlogs from uh different different bits of my training and uh yeah some a few little riding shots and stuff but what i want to do uh going forward this year is do some you know course previews and talk about the different places that i'm racing and stuff so yeah, that'd be really um, cool yeah plenty to come well, we can probably get some of the uh, the audio off them onto the show definitely as well. that'd yeah be that'd cool. be great but that's that, it's funny you mentioned that around the motivation because that's something that I think helps motivate me actually sometimes when mm-hmm. I'm not really feeling the training or I'm not really feeling even just to, you know even just to get out for a fun ride sometimes uh, it's just easier to be lazy and just like play yeah. like, get on the Xbox and play something or something like that rather than get out there and enjoy the trails and it's always for me it's always about it's always about the just getting off your ass that first little movement isn't it because once i'm out there i love it and there's no lack of motivation to stay out for hours um even once you just get out into the garage and start packing your stuff up then that's when this smile starts spreading across your face (laughs) but it's that it's that first movement isn't it it's just standing up and making the decision i'm gonna go um and i find that the media stuff like doing the podcast here uh i do some youtube stuff on mountain biking well not so much these days but i used to do a bit more uh, or even just Strava, like we talk about that. Like yeah. the fact that your thing, your ride is going public, people can see it. Like there's something, there's some kind of result of it other than just inside just yourself. It's funny that, isn't it? It's like it's totally just showing off. It's ego, isn't it? A lot of it, partly, but there's something about that kind of putting it in context in the wider world, I think. Definitely. I think I was going to mention that actually. Uh, it's funny that you brought up Strava because that's definitely, yeah, it's uh, it's like an accountability thing, isn't it? Where yeah. you know that if you don't go out, you know that a ride's not going to appear and maybe you've got a certain amount of followers that are expecting to see something or have yeah. certain expectations of you. So yeah. Uh, yeah. that definitely helps. And then like you said, just making that little first step, whether it's like you said, just standing up or just putting putting your kit on or something like that once you get past that initial step you kind of get in the flow of things and hopefully before you know it you're out the door and then motivation isn't really a problem after that it's it's you're never going to turn around and uh and just ride home once you're in your kit and out on the bike so (laughs) you know one thing i'm doing just now actually to try and keep motivated over the winter is 
I've got a, I've got a chart on the wall. It sounds ridiculous, but I just got um, I got the kids' crayons and and pens out and stuff, and I created a, um, an A probably three size mm-hmm. uh, piece of paper to go on the wall where I've divided it up into days, and I put down what I wanted to do. So I've at the moment I'm trying to do um, at least three days, so three days during the week of. Uh, some kind of cardio, um, whether it's the bike or whether it's a run, and three days of strength training as well. So even just like a little ten minute workout. I'm not doing like going to the gym for half an hour or anything, but just picking up a kettlebell and doing like fifty swings or hundred swings or doing some pull ups or something like that. Cool. And it's uh, I know it's not exactly a new approach, but I do find that helps me. Like having that chart there and be able to tick off the boxes and see it building up over the weeks. Having these little boxes filled in with whatever I've done that day and and seeing that um, you know the kind of gamification of it the streak like seeing that i have managed the last three weeks i've managed my goal of three cardio three strength every single week um so yeah it's uh there's loads of apps out there that i've tried to do that kind of stuff as well but i love having the visual just handmade thing up on the wall yeah there's definitely something for having uh, definitely something to be said for having a physical uh physical chart or whether it's a notebook or something like that definitely yeah. i find just if I've got thoughts and ideas, just writing them down in a notebook is uh, kind of along the same lines and it really, really helps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there anything else you do around, um, I think we've talked a little bit about this before, but like around uh, goals for your gains, like in terms of, do you do you have like um, measurements of your capability, like in terms of times for certain segments or whether it's your VO2 max or... Do you have like do you measure anything in particular that helps your motivation so you can see the progress? Yeah, the, I think the main thing is using a power meter on the bikes okay, and yeah. just because um, that's just an objective measure. It's it's almost like having the knowing what weight you're lifting in the gym. So yeah. um, definitely, I have sort of certain hills, certain segments, and and certain durations. So maybe that's five minutes, ten minutes, etc. Mm-hmm. And I have um, I can then you know, do some kind of tests and um, time trials and just see how my sort of power is changing um, over those key durations. So I think, I think using a power meter for me is that is the main way to, to keep track of those metrics. Yeah. Right. So how does that work? You do, you say like over five minutes, I'm going to try and hold the, the heart highest power I can. Is that like, how do you measure it exactly? Yeah, exactly. So um, whether that's trying to hold a certain, certain wattage or whether it's just going out and going as hard as you can for five minutes and then kind of analyzing post ride, what that, what that power ended up being. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then just, just uh, seeing how that, how that uh, compares to, you know, how it was this time last year, maybe last month, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I, there's the on on Zwift. It does your is it your critical power that it? Yeah, it, it could again? be. Is yeah, that, so it's it's your power that they base everything else off. So it's the power that you can supposedly hold over a long period of time, like your maximum endure, endurance power. Possibly, yeah, it's probably your. It's yeah, I think it's functional threshold power. That's so it's, it. Um, FTP. Yeah. Yes, FTP uh, one hour, one hour sort of. Uh, if you were doing a one hour time trial as hard as you could, it's, yeah. that's that's typically what that number will reflect. Perfect. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yep, absolutely. Because it's a FPT, FTP test to do on that. That's correct, yeah. And that's the one you can see. every. T- so every time I do a training ride on Zwift right now, not every time, but maybe every at least every second time, I'll get a little notification at the end that says something like, looks like your FTP is raised by a few. Do you want us to reset that? And I'm like, yeah. Cool. That's cool. <laughs> so that's that's nice motivation because they're obviously testing when I do a half hour, an hour ride, they've got some kind of, some kind of, 
algorithm in there which figures out yeah. your FTP from that. So that's I like that. It's a good little extra bonus that I've found in the Zwift system. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> cool. Okay. I think that'd be a good episode in the future, actually, is to think about uh, do a proper like 10 minute chat around the different types of metrics that you measure and how you can like how because I think that's something that really interests that's how I motivate myself a lot of time mm-hmm. when I'm doing training it's how you how you measure progress because I it, the thing that demotivates me is if I can't tell if it's working you know you Absolutely. put in half an hour of effort or an hour of effort whatever and you're like uh, did it matter um, so I wonder that would be a good one to go through just sort of your thoughts around how you measure that yeah, that'd be great. I completely agree as well with um, in terms of just if I if I don't have any numbers in front of me or any way to measure progress, it does feel kind of like it was a bit of a waste of time, even yeah. though of course it wasn't. But yeah, totally. um, and uh, it'd be interesting to do one on Swift as well. I've I've got as far as buying the Ant Plus dongle. Oh yeah, and uh, I, I haven't quite got, uh, actually got round to using the software yet. Um, <laughs> but I definitely have that planned for the next kind of month just to try it out so uh, yeah. that would be a good 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 to chat with you as an experienced swift user <laughs> happy to happy to i can, I can i'm happy to evangelize about swift and my uh, my tax new nice. <laughs> cool um okay let's uh, let's keep that for a future one though um what about uh, equipment i want to cover like little bits of kit every now and again in these episodes as well is there anything you're trying out just now yeah, well, just coming back to you uh, trying to do a few more videos and stuff for you, the YouTube channel, I've been using the Go. I've had a GoPro for um, a little over a year, but I, I guess it's got a lot, had a lot more use over the last six months or so. So that's been quite a nice um, thing to start using a little bit more and playing with some of the different features and that kind of thing and just uh, videoing uh me riding along and talking to the camera as well yeah. as the trails and all that kind of thing yeah so that's How, one of the, what's one of the equipment one of the pieces of equipment i've been using yeah that's cool so uh sorry so which did you say which camera you you're using there was it the hero 4 3 it's the hero 4, four. it's the hero 4 black yeah so yeah. not the not the hero 5 the brand new one yeah, but yeah. Uh, Fairly, fairly recent, yeah. I that that's one of my uh, <laughs> little grumbles at the moment. Actually, because I bought a Hero Four, uh, it was a black as well. I think actually mm-hmm. about well, you can you can tell exactly when it was I bought it because all you have to do is look up the release date of the Hero Five and then subtract about two days. <laughs> because <laughs> oh, i had dear. no idea i did you know this is very unlike me as well because i'm a total kit geek so i tend to do far over research these types mm-hmm. of things but i've been wanting a gopro for ages um and there was a few different things came together which just meant that i was i was due a treat of some sort and i was like do you know what bugger it i'm gonna get a gopro that's what i've been wanting yeah. for ages and i just press buy because i just thought i've i've already i've been looked into these so much in the past that i know exactly what i want this is what i want and if i'd looked even slightly into it i would have realized that the hero 5 was coming out two days later um but i just didn't even know it existed so i came out and i'm like because it's there's a few different things which are better about it by the looks of it in terms of I use it a fair bit for filming in the studio here as well, uh, for doing our podcasts, all mm-hmm. our content stuff. So it's great for outdoors, obviously. But the Hero 5, the difference is that it doesn't need that big, massive, clear see-through case that the Hero 4 has, yeah. which means that it's much easier to mount when you're not bothered about the you know, the protection, about exactly. keeping it waterproof or dustproof and all that. And I can plug a mic into it externally much more easily and stuff as well. And apparently the stabilization is much better in the 5 as well, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's got that's that's one of the main features. I think it's got the inbuilt image stabilization, which yeah. I can't believe it took them to the fifth 
or I guess it's not even the fifth iteration. It's probably kind of the eighth when you've got Hero 4 Silver, Hero 4 Black, etc. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe it took them that long in an action camera to yes. uh, to put image stabilization in there. But yeah, I, I'm quite lusting after the five as well for the, for some of those features that you mentioned, yeah. definitely. Uh, you're right. You'd imagine that'd be one of the first things you'd talk about for an action camera, wouldn't it? Exactly. <laughs> so how, so interestingly, so with GoPros, I, I always wanted one. And, you know, a lot of people use them for mountain biking, for skiing, for anything action-based. But you, a lot of the time you just end up with, you know, same old cycling down a trail videos, which, you know, they're good fun to watch a few, but they get pretty boring after 30 seconds or a minute. Sure. Um, how, how are you using it in a different way to make a decent footage? You said you're talking to the camera. Are you doing that while riding? Yeah, exactly. So I just, you know, hold it out in front of me in a kind of typical vlog kind of way. Um, and I've been looking at actually getting, you know, a, a kind of Canon G7X or some kind of uh, vlogging, more more sort of hardcore camera. But um, the GoPro actually, it, it, it it's turned out okay. It's obviously a bit disconcerting sometimes when you can't see yourself in a, in a monitor and frame frame it and that kind of thing but once you get used to the kind of uh, the way you hold it and dis- distance from your face and all that kind of stuff it it works out okay and the i got i got a um a sort of um furry kind of cover for it just to protect the the microphone from wind noise as i'm kind of riding along so that that's worked quite well cool um and yeah i mean i think it comes down to edit trying to edit it uh quite well and just cut out any bits that keep it keep it nice and keep each clip nice and short and um, just make sure that everything in there's got some kind of interest in there because as you say once you start letting it run for more than 30 seconds it, it gets a bit dull and yeah. like every other video you see online yeah. Aye. no i think what you're saying there about the um about yeah editing obviously important but the getting yourself in there as well because I mean, it's great to see some trails and stuff like that, but your vlog, I, I, I'm gonna, I, I'm looking forward to going and having a look at some of them actually, because cool. uh, there's not, a, I, I've not found a lot of good sportsman vlogs. Um, there's a lot of good vlogs out there, but there's not a, a lot of good ones around adventure, mm-hmm. around exercise, around training, around mountain biking particularly. Um, so I think you could do well with that. Uh, and uh, yeah getting your personality in it well this is what we do in the, in our work and business and podcasting is like yeah. teaching people how to get how to engage with an audience how to create an audience and create yeah. fans and it's all about personality it's all about honesty it's about showing the the behind the scenes stuff so if you can show sure. i mean that's what we're trying to do a little bit in this season isn't it is show like behind the scenes of how you run your your career like how you develop yourself as a as a pro mountain biker so um yeah that's cool how do you mentioned the the canon g7x there what made you think what made you want one of those i've just been kind of looking more as i've got as i've got more into the kind of vlogging style of things i've just been kind of looking at what might be the best um you know cameras to use i've got a big dslr that shoots nice nice video and that's kind of the stuff i use if i'm just sat down and doing sort of talking head stuff but um obviously it's not easy to take that out on a ride if unless you're using a backpack so i just kind of wanted a camera that's got that magic combination of good image quality um a flip-up screen as well um and then being small enough that it can go in a jersey pocket kind of thing so g7x seems to be the um from what i've from what i've seen and looked around um i think that seems to be the best one but it's just so bloody expensive (laughs) (laughs) no it's just it's funny you mention that one because i've been um i've been doing a bit more research around vlogging as well because we're doing a few with um the podcasting work that we do here at the podcast host uh and 
um, the G7X comes up a lot with vlogs, and I think yeah. it's partly because of uh, Casey Neistat is one of the most famous vloggers in the world. Definitely, yeah. Uh, and there's a few of his kind of followers and other people around as well. As Amy Schmitter is another really famous vlogger. She coaches vloggers, and they all talk about the G7X. And I think mm-hmm. it's just it's one of those things where one bit of kit gets recommended by one high-profile person and everyone else jumps on that. Exactly. Um, I think Canon are, Canon are loving it, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's probably yeah. what helps keep the price of that G7X up. But do you know what? I've, I've been looking into it and there's tons of cameras which are much more good value, which are just as good. They have the same features. I mean, the, yeah. the big one with the G7X is the um, is the f-stop, so it's the brightness of the lens. Uh, and there's a lot of cameras out there have got the same. That basically means that you can do the bokeh... Uh, uh, like blurred, exactly stuff. yeah blurred yeah. background stuff and that's what they love um with the, the sort of vlogging community so i've been looking around yeah i might have to but anyway um yeah we can it's interesting though like if you're if you're listening out there you are doing videos around your mountain biking around your sports um we'll put some links to these things on the uh the show notes because the g7x is definitely a good camera for this type of stuff but i'll share a couple of the other ones i'm thinking about as well um because GoPros are great, but they are limited in terms of the. There's no zoom. There's um, no monitor on it, so it's hard yeah. to do the framing, like you're saying. Uh, so they, they've got a definite context, as in when you're doing something active. But if you want to speak to the camera or like do a bit around your, you know, you're building a bike or something, and you want to film a bit of that, that type of stuff, definitely some other cameras out there. But yeah, I'll put that in the show notes, and we'll uh, we'll see about that. Okay, right. Let's go on to, we'll tie up with uh, a listener question. Unless there's anything else you want to add there, Tom, is there? No, I think uh, it's just, like I said, just been interesting. And like you said, putting your personality into the into the videos. And I've been, I've tried to be very um, vigilant in um, answering any questions that come in and um, just giving as much adv- as advice and um and value as possible really so uh definitely looking forward to hearing uh hearing from anyone that's got their own uh channel or any sort of mountain bike content and um i, I could definitely write a post on uh, maybe some some advice around uh vlogging while you're mountain biking or something like that as well so if anyone wants any information on that then uh yeah be happy to happy to offer that's any uh tips i've got yeah it's a great idea great idea get a yeah a post out there about the kit that you can use to record your uh your rides as well as yeah be able to actually just sort of teach people skills or you know all yeah i'll look at you could do that it's a great idea um and also yeah if you're out there listening and you have your own channel we'd love to check it out we'd love to have a look at it happy to promote um listener content like if you've got stuff out there which uh either teaches mountain biking or skills or talks about kit you know kit reviews um a trail trail reviews that type of stuff uh we'd love to put that out there help you get it out there to more people so yeah send it on in you can always email at colin at the mountain but uh, sorry I, I totally messed that up <laughs> i don't even know my own email address <laughs> colin at mountainbikesapart.com uh so email in there or you can tweet us obviously at uh i'm the podcast host and tom is by tom bell is that right that's tom? correct yeah by tom bell cool Okay, so let's move on to listener question. I want to I want to try and include at least one of these on every episode from now on because we're getting loads of good stuff in. Um, so I'm going to try and include uh, loads of them from now on. So this is from Aaron. It turns out he's actually uh, the dad of somebody. Do you remember we answered that question from the guy who was asking how you train uh, to mountain biking when you're in a sort of urban setting? It was in Japan. Oh, I do. His, his I name do. was uh, CJ. This is his dad. 
So uh, I'll read out the email first. Uh, it says, Hi Colin and Tom, I find your podcast absolutely fantastic. It's a treasure trove of information and it's been really helpful as my boys and I start up in the hobby. Uh, and I believe my eldest son CJ sent an email separately. Uh, so without further ado, here's an audio question for your next series. Uh, he doesn't think we've covered it, uh, so he's keen to get our advice. So yeah, let's play the audio clip. Hi Colin and Tom, my name is Aaron. Uh, I live in Japan. Uh, my two boys and I uh, have started mountain biking recently. We're only beginners. Uh, I think my uh, eldest son, CJ, has sent you a question recently as well by email. Um, and my youngest boy, Kaz, just got uh, a mountain bike about three months ago. So we're kind of starting out in the hobby. But I have a question. Uh, I've had a mountain bike for quite a while now. Um, it's an L-sized uh, frame, so it's fairly large, and the the bar comes up quite high. And I am wondering how to protect my manhood in case of any accidents, slips, or falls. Um, is there any special clothing that you guys use, or is there a technique that you uh, you try to avoid landing on the bar too hard, or anything else, any other tips you could provide would be greatly appreciated. Uh, thank you very much for everything. It's, it, your podcast is fantastic. We're enjoying it uh, every week and uh, look forward to uh, to the next season. See you later. Bye. Okay, great. Thanks very much for that, Aaron. I had not pre-listened to that, so those uh, sniggers <laughs> were... Uh, <laughs> there wasn't a laugh at the question, Aaron. It's a great question. It's just uh, yeah, just the topic, I suppose. Um, but yeah, no, thank you very much for that, Aaron. I really appreciate you. Genuinely appreciate you sending that in. I love getting um, audio questions on. And just for anyone else out there, uh, if you want to do the same, so easy to just grab your phone, your smartphone, get out the voice recorder. Um, just search, if you're on iOS, just search for, you know, pull down on your screen search voice and it'll come up with a voice recorder uh android's the same really uh, and you can just hit that record and share it with us you can email it straight to colin at mountainbikespark.com from the app so we'd love to get more of them so yeah thanks for sending that in aaron um so uh, ways to protect your your manhood on the bar tom what's uh, what's your first thoughts on that um i would say <laughs> probably it's to just I, my, my first thought is to just uh, work on some skills that will maybe stop you actually having uh, that problem uh, yeah. come up. So just making sure you uh, ride, tra- making sure you ride trails that aren't uh, too far over your kind of skill level, and then uh, getting your weight weight back on the uh, on the bike. Um, just because a lot of beginner riders sometimes sit too far forward. And um, your center of gravity then is more over the front front wheel, front of the bike, and um, any kind of uh, sh- sort of jarring rocks and uh, anything that's going to throw you forward is going to um, make your your manhood uh, go more <laughs> towards the uh, the top tube uh, in that way. So yeah. definitely working on um, some skills to avoid crashing and working your way up slowly through the kind of. Uh, grades of trails is probably a good way to avoid that happening yeah I, same as it's what i was going through in my head it's it's one of those things just to say up front aaron this is 
not something that happens really <laughs> once you've been riding a wee while it's um if you come off your bike it tends to be you're go- either going much higher than that over the handlebars mm-hmm. or you're going off the side or something like that so certainly it's not something to worry about too much i imagine i from memory the way the ways you end up like that are really more it's nerves isn't it i think i remember ending up like that when i'm when i've been on sort of in the very early days or been out with friends and they're nervous and you're kind of like edging down a trail and you're kind of you're you're playing with the brakes a bit and you end up kind of woosing out, I suppose, on one little section and you try and put your feet down. And that's when the trouble starts, I think. It's when you put your feet down because you try and put your feet down and obviously you're on the saddle. So you end up going forward, uh, but you're on a rough bit of ground. So actually the bar will be much higher relative to the ground than your feet. So you end up putting your feet down in a hole or something or on a gradient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's when, you're, that's when your crotch hits the bar. <laughs> um, the worst times are when, and I've seen so many friends do this, is they hit a rough bit of ground and it's like, oh, I don't want to do this bit. I, I'm going to, I'm just going to walk over this. And what they do is they put their feet in the ground, but they're still on the bike and they start yeah. edging forward with their hands on that. That is the worst. Do not do that. <laughs> if you want to walk a bit of ground, then get off your bike Definitely. and walk over it. There's no shame to that. By all means, walk hard bits until you can do it. But yeah, like you're saying, Tom, just try and ride, play, only be on your bike when it's a play, when it's a part of the, the terrain that you're relatively confident at. Um, the only caveat to that is you're only going to improve by doing bits that you're you're kind of that make you nervous, aren't you? Yeah, just above you are. your level. Yeah, exactly. And I think just being uh, maybe looking at certain sections that you're unsure of before you actually ride them, um, you know, they they can be challenging, definitely, and maybe something that you haven't tackled before. But just having um, having a good idea of whether it's achievable or or just completely out of your league is probably a good thing. But um, yeah. and 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 as well, just addressing um, Aaron's question about clothing, I don't think oh, there's yeah. any sort of specific clothing you could you could use that would that would help in that way. You've obviously got padded cycling shorts, so maybe they kind of uh, yeah. double up as a bit of a uh, top tube <laughs> protector. But um, yeah, it, like Colin, just like you just said, Colin, I think it doesn't really happen that that often. Um, if you if you fall off or crash, um, if if it is becoming a a real a real issue it might be that the frame is just too big uh, i know mm, uh, aaron mentioned that it was a size large so yeah. um if the saddle if the saddle and seat post haven't got enough height sort of above that, that top tube that might be an issue so yeah. um if if kind of bike fit wasn't uh, a kind of top priority um when buying this bike maybe that might be something to consider a little bit further down the line if yeah. you uh, eventually upgrade the bike yeah and and you get bikes that actually the top tube is much more angled so it's way out of the way isn't it like even it is. even for a, a large bike it's still quite low or it angles down towards the saddle yeah um so if it's someone who makes you nervous then by all means choose your bike based on that the, the last thing i would say just popped into my head as well is that i, I feel like as well the, the reasons or the times that that happens is uh, when you're going too slow actually and a lot of people certainly in the beginner days they think that going slower makes them safer but actually speed helps smooth out a ride it helps you out with a lot of <clears throat> a lot of obstacles so drops rough stuff are easier when you're going a bit faster uh, and obviously you have to match that with your skills you don't want to go so fast that you're going to come off but just try and carry a little bit more speed and don't be quite so nervous with the speed and you actually can go over stuff much more smoothly and just like Tom like you said there as well Tom hang over the back of the bike a little bit while you're going faster and it keeps the bike a bit more stable cool okay 
Anything else to add to that, Tom, or is that a... I think that's about it, isn't it? I think, yeah, I think that's uh, that's, that's as much as I could uh, say on that yeah, topic. Indeed. Interesting. <laughs> we definitely haven't covered it before, so yeah. it was definitely a unique question. Yeah, for sure. And it was a good one, Aaron. Thanks for sending that in again. Thank you. Okay, let's tie up the episode. Um, good to speak to you again, Tom. Uh, let's uh, ask again, as always, for feedback, because I'd love to get uh, more questions in. We've had some great questions in the last little while, but always good to get more in. And if you can do it in an audio format, even better. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us any kind of contact. Great to know people are out there. Tweet me at the podcast host. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash mountain bikes apart uh, and uh, where else email colin at mountain bikes apart and tom where are you again on twitter uh, that's by tom bell so b-y-t-o-m-b-e-l-l great uh, and if you can review us on itunes that always helps us get out to more people as well so we're going to continue on with this format for the next few episodes at least probably into uh, march or april time when the season starts off we might get back into a more uh, planned out season try to do a bit more of the education side of things at that point uh, did you laugh there because i'm not planning this out we're just uh, winging it my uh, tom no i think that's uh, <laughs> i think that's that's of both of us actually so it'd be good to uh i'm enjoying i'm definitely enjoying the um they're just general catch up and yeah. especially the listener questions as well. Yeah. 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 We'll definitely get back to some, uh, some, some educational ones as yeah. well. I think. Well, it'd be interesting to hear actually what listeners think. So yeah, if you're out there listening, let us know what you think, what you prefer. Cause these are good fun. Just having a chat, actually, and just catching up what we've been doing. So if this is actually what you like, then yeah, do let us know. Okay. But that'll do it for this week. We'll see you next time around. Thanks as always for listening. We'll talk.